I'm extra excited today. One, uh, man, we're doing a new series this week called Last Words, and uh, my favorite things to talk about in the gospel is the cross. Uh, I am very passionate about the cross. I find uh, most of my theology that I, that I care about, I've learned from the cross. Uh, like, I, I really think that it, this is what we need to agree on right? Like we all come together. There's some different thoughts and different ideas about different things that we believe, but this is something I think that we all fall on our knees and just go, man, the Lamb of God, it's awesome. And so we're going to really try to pull apart some of the words over this, uh, over the next month uh, that Jesus said. There were seven statements that Jesus said while hanging on the cross and uh, in all of his suffering, in all of his agony, when he was completely undone, uh, he shared his heart the most, I think. And uh, the words that he, he chose are, are just awesome. We're going to dive into today, John chapter 19. And just before these verses, verse 25, we would see Jesus being stripped of his clothes uh, by, by the centurions. And then they nailed him to a cross and they're, they're casting lots for his clothes. And so we see Jesus, excuse me, stripped naked, standing, uh, hanging on the cross, and um, oh, just awful. Would you all stand to your feet with me this morning for the reading of God's word? I believe this is just, just powerful stuff. This is John. Chapter 19, verse 20, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother standing beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Dear Jesus, I pray that you help. Amen. Man, I can only tell you that I feel the Holy Spirit so strongly this morning. And some of these teachings, I got to admit, I've not heard somewhere else. That makes me nervous. Uh, and so I would ask you to study, uh, pray about these things, and uh, see if the Lord would confirm this in your heart. But the first thing that I see when I look at this situation is that Jesus loves family. When I see Jesus hanging on the cross and his last thoughts on this earth was for his mom. I think that that is so important because we can't get away from how much it is, how important it is to be surrounded by people that we are pouring into, that we are caring after, that we are nurturing. This has got to be focus in our lives, people. I don't think that we can be any more intentional. Uh, like, I can't overstate that enough. We've got to care about what's happening in the culture, in the climate, in the character of our home. How is the heartbeat of your home? I hope that it's more than we go to church. I hope that there are songs being sung, that there is music being heard, that there are verses being read, there are prayers being prayed, and that we're a part of that. 
Jesus cared about his mom. I pray that we're a culture of honor. Man, to honor your mother, to honor your father. In the last moments of his life, he cared about what would happen to his mom when he was gone. And uh, I don't know what you see when you read these verses, but it's kind of funny to me uh, how many Marys were there at the cross. (laughs) There's four ladies, three Marys, uh, Mary, 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 and Mary's sister. And, And then we see John standing there. Now, the scripture here doesn't say that it was John, but in six different occasions in the book of John, we find that the author would say the one that Jesus loved being, uh, trying to allude to John. John would always leave himself out in this. Now he could have put his, his name in it so that way for historical sake, people knew who he was, but he cared more about presenting the heart of Jesus rather than the historical fact. Does that make sense? And so he wants you to be aware that you can have deep, close friendship with Jesus. In fact, it was, we would read in John 13, verse 23, the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. He was the one who would lay his head on Jesus's bosom, as the scripture would say. There was a closeness there, man, and I, 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 I want that. And I, I want to be someone that models love for Jesus when God said, love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's it. I'm all in. I am going to love the Lord in all of its definitions, with my mind, my heart, my soul, and my strength. John did that better than anyone that I know of. And as he would go on, he would say this again. Then Jesus, the, uh, the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord And when Simon Peter heard this, uh, that it was the Lord, he put his tunic on for he had stripped it for work because he's a manly man. He took, you know, he's out there fishing. He's doing, hanging out with the dudes. And he put his shirt on, jumped in the water and headed to shore. It was the one that Jesus loved. He would say it again in John 21. He would say it again and again and again, the one that Jesus loved. And Mary and Mary and Mary and Mary's sister. Well, in this assignment, the second thing that I extract, the second thought that I see in this passage that's important, I think, for you and I to understand is really what he's trying to do from the cross. He's given mission. He's giving purpose to individuals. And so he looks at John and he says, son, behold your mother. And so I just think I want you to know, I want you to, uh, son, take care of your mom. That's one thing I, I, I want you to understand. I want you to be a man. I want you, men, I'm talking to you right now. It is of so important, man, I can't overemphasize this. Your responsibility in your home to provide, to care, and to lead. And he looks at someone who is not Mary's son, and he said, take care of your mom. This was not his mom. I want to be clear. Jesus had four other brothers, but he gave John an assignment that John would carry with him his whole life. Take care of this woman. And what we see in this verse is that from the rest of her life now, she would live with John. John would provide for her and take care from her. He would be the spiritual leader in her home. 
Let me show you. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, we see this, this passage that is harsh and harsh and harsh. And I believe it's with this understanding that Jesus spoke this, behold your mother, and he always took care of her. It's from really this theology that Jesus would have presented to the disciples. And it says, but for those who don't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith, and such people are worse than unbelievers. I just got to let that simmer for a second because maybe uh, these, this is just good theology to understand. Men, we have to be men. We have responsibility to take care of the women in our lives. Can I get an amen? amen. This is just not what's cultural. Men abandon their children, they abandon their wives, they abandon their responsibilities. And that should not be said if you're a believer. I want to make sure that you hear it from the scripture as boldly as possible. And so when, when John heard, behold your mom, who was not his mom, he heard, lady, you're coming home with me today and you're gonna, I'm going to take care of you. You won't have to worry about eating ever again in your life. I got you, mom. I hope we have that kind of pride and that kind of ownership in our lives, especially in the church. I, I, there's, there's some things, though, I think that it's significant on why Jesus said, John, behold your mom. Jesus did have, from what we understand from Scripture and from all of the historical evidence, four other brothers. But what's odd is those brothers, we do not believe that they were believers up to this point. I just got to lean into this thought for a few minutes. You don't have to agree with me in this, but think about for a second how frustrating and difficult it must have been to have Jesus as your brother. <laughs> I mean, we laugh, but that would be annoying. I mean, there was, I mean, there was no one that shared more than Jesus. There was no one more generous. There was no one that was more right. All the, come on, Jesus. Can you just be wrong once? You know, and he wasn't, and he was the perfect child. And it, there must have been an honor that Mary looked down upon Jesus with, that she knew, like, he was the favored one. There was no way around this, you know? And I think that would have been annoying to the brothers. And I think that the reason why he, Jesus, gave John the responsibility of being the caretaker for Mary is because he wanted Mary to be in a godly household where the kingdom and Christ reigned. And the message of the gospel was, was in the home at all times. That she knew mission and purpose. That our mission was to make Christ proclaimed throughout the world. That's what we live for now. Amen. Mary, who probably lost a little bit of direction for a little while. We're going to get into that in a minute. But I want to show you in scripture how difficult it was for the, for the brothers. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. But they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. I, I don't actually believe that they're saying that the brothers didn't believe in him. I think what they were saying was the city was ridiculing Jesus. I don't want to manipulate this in the thought, but I do believe that the brothers were not yet believers. And, and it would go on to say this here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 57 through 58. And this is Jesus saying, and they are deeply 
offended and refused to believe in him. So Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his own family. And that's a word for some other people here today. You got to know who you are because sometimes the people closest to you can't see that. You got to know your calling. And some of you are going to over try to prove yourself to people that may not just, they, they ain't trying to hear it. And so you can overextend yourself and waste energy doing things you're not going to be good at. You, you might not be the savior of your family. Let me rephrase it. You will never be the savior <laughs> of your family. I'll drink to that. But you have to understand how important it is to recognize how difficult it will be for those closest to you to see what God sees in you. Do you hear that? And then I want to say this, but all of his brothers did come to faith. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. What I know is that Mary said, let me tell you something, all y'all six, we're going to prayer and you're coming with me and you're going to sit there until you get what he promised that we would receive, you know, and they did, man. And I, don't, I believe that they became believers after like uh, uh, Thomas, when Jesus showed them the nails in his hands and feet, they were like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know who you are. I'm, I'm sorry. James uh, the less would be the one that would go on then to write one of the New Testament books in the Bible. And so we do know that they ran with great urgency for the gospel. But I believe it was from the cross that Jesus said, son, behold your mother, because he wanted mom to be in a godly household that was going to be Christ-centered. Can I just for a second say, I want nothing more than to see leaders of men, men, leaders in the church. Men, can I tell you something? Women find nothing more sexy than men that are in love with Christ. Can I get an amen, ladies? Amen. They want to see you pray. And you may not do it right the first time or the next 25 times, but don't let it be said of you, I tried, I quit. No. We are going to get better and get better and get better at doing this thing called loving Jesus and leading our family. Because that is the one thing we cannot afford to fail at. Can I get an amen? amen? So men, can I have you all stand in this room for a second? I want to say a prayer over you that would ask the Lord to give you vision on how he would call you to lead your family. Because I do believe that you are the high priest in your home. And you have a responsibility over those children and over your spouse to lead. Father, I thank you for men of God, men of character, men of humility, men of honor. I pray, Lord, that you would give them vision and clarity on how to lead their home, where to initiate, where to start. It'll be with great fear and possibly with great rejection. But you were rejected and yet you still came after us. Help us, Lord, to lead our homes with the love and the passion and the covering that you had for us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I love you, men. The next thing that I see here in this passage is Jesus addressing his mom. And I love the way he said it. And so I'm saying, moms, take care of your children. Now, you have to understand, this is one of the most crazy, most disciplined acts in all of human history. What went down in this passage here, in this moment. Let me read it to you. It said, dear woman, here is your son. Now, I don't know if it was the restraint that she had to not kill the Roman guards or the restraint that she had on not killing her son in this moment. But Jesus looked down from the cross and said, woman, <laughs> there's a joke there. I don't know. Maybe you guys didn't catch it, but my mom would have whooped my butt so many times over again. That sandal would have came right off her foot and right up at the cross. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe it was just my home. But uh, you had never talked to me like that, son. I'll tell you right now. But I think if you can really lean into the moment, her son is naked and he is wounded, unlike any situation. And the restraint that Mary has, I believe that we have a helicopter generation of moms that want to overprotect their children like no one's business. And you have to understand you're going to have to give your children to the Lord. Can you imagine her saying, I trust you, Father. I trust you, God. In the midst of his suffering, she did not go full, full bear mode, bear mama on everyone there. I mean, I would think she's taking people's swords and, and I'm, 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 my son's coming home with me today, Jack. What I love is, I, I have to hurry up here. Um, in all of this, she said, mother, I believe he used the word mother to get her attention. Now, we'll talk about here in the, in the weeks to come. Jesus actually died of suffocation. So one of the problems he's having is, is he's actually breathing and he, he's, he's saying a word and he's taking big breaths. Trying to, trying to just get his strength back to say the next. So I believe it sounded something like, woman, behold your son. And, and what is she talking about? She's got four other boys. But what he is trying to do now is make sure that mom still has purpose. If you've ever been in a season where someone is dying in your life, or someone has passed, it is easy to be shocked by the moment of what you saw or are seeing or by the massive amount of disappointment. And I believe Jesus is trying to say, mom, you still have purpose. Wake up. Or at least that's what I hear in this woman. Behold your son. Mom, I want you to go home with John and I want you to take care of him. And I want you to take care of him, and I want you to take care of him, and I want you to take care of him. And here's why. John would become the leader of the church. He would become a crucial part of the perspective of the ministry of the kingdom of God. And there's no one that knew the purpose of Jesus' death more than Mary. We don't know if John was married in the scripture. There's nothing that alludes to him having family of any kind. And it's almost like Jesus marries Mary and John from a mother-son perspective. 
from a, a vision and a sensitivity type of, of, of perspective. Now, women, in your home, I want you to understand that one of the, we, you want to encourage your man to lead. So don't tear him down when he's not because he's only going to shy away from that position the more words fall negative on him. Women, but you do have vision. You do have understanding. You do have sensitivity to what we are ignorant of. And it's what happened in the church. In the book of Acts chapter 10, we see that Jesus didn't die for the Jews. He died for mankind. But the reason why John had to go home with Mary was because when they were making decisions on the church, Mary saying, you idiot, that's not why Jesus died. No, he died for everyone, for God so loved the world. We got to get the gospels out to the Gentiles. You got to think bigger than this. You got to dream bigger than this, son. That's what moms do. They have a bigger perspective. They know when we're thinking short of ourselves. And men, we get so close-minded. We just know this is the truth and this is all we think about. Men have these little boxes and nothing else matters outside of this box. We can't see further than that. And women, no, 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 no. You were made for more than this, guys. And so we see, what I see when I look at this is woman, behold your son because Mary wasn't called to lead. John was. And they're going to need someone that had the same standard in her life that brought Jesus up to help John understand where the direction of the church is supposed to go. You are, women, an instrument of the Holy Spirit. You sense things that no one else is going to sense. Your discernment is supposed to be going off at all times. You're supposed to be offended and, and vexed and, 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 and passionate and bold, loud about your convictions. And so anyways, I see here in this passage, dear woman, here is your son. If you can go to Galatians chapter two, Brian, help me out with this. It says, in fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift that God had given them and they accepted Barnabas and me as co-workers and they encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles so that they would continue. I love this verse because it says everything that's happening in the church and the direction of where it's going. Pillars, three pillars, Peter, James, and John. And John who would go home with Mary every day, making sure she was taken care of, and all of Jesus' siblings telling him about what the church is doing, and Mary saying, hey, no, 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 no. This is what the Holy, this is what Jesus, this is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. It's gotta be bigger, John. And they had to make sure that the gospel went out to the Gentiles. Do you understand this? There's a sensitivity that women you're gonna have that the guys are not aware of. They're just not aware of. And men, you got to know when to listen to your brides. Just shut up. Because you don't, you don't know. You ain't got your feelers out there. You got your knowers out there. And sometimes knowers and feelers don't think the same way. All right, so the tripod. So woman, behold your son. Take care of John, and John as John leads. Son, take care of your mom. Here's something else I thought that was significant as I'm reading this, though, is that Jesus, while he loved family, his perspective of family 
is bigger than ours as Americans. This is going to offend some of you. So you just got to know it's difficult for us as Americans to think outside of our home. And what I have found is that we go extreme one way or extreme the other. We're either extremely for, for our family and no one else or extremely for I forgot about my family. Now, let me just show you, when Jesus was teaching often about family, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, we don't really get an opinion in this idea. He said, I didn't really come to bring peace to your family. I came to bring a sword. So what he's saying is, sometimes there's going to be some rough situations going on in your house, and I don't care because I'm in charge and you're called to follow me. I think that's the same kind of tone that he had with his brothers, which is why his brothers are probably always upset with him. Let me just tell you guys, you're wrong and I'm right. And you're going to have to figure this one out. It may take you some time. And I got all the time in the universe. So, and there's some situations that you're going to be in where he's not really worried about whether or not you have peace. He's just saying, you're either going to follow me or you're not. Now, Jesus did this teaching on family that I think is so crucial. I want you to hear it. It's in Mark chapter three, and I'm going to close with this. Because as I see Jesus saying, woman, behold your son who is not her son, and son, behold your mom who is not his mom, this is the same teaching that I think we have to figure out if we're actually going to be a family. Jesus is teaching, and he says, one day Jesus entered a house And the crowds began to gather again. So his disciples couldn't find, even find time to eat. And when his family heard what was happening, they tried to, am I reading the right passage, Brian? I'm not reading. Mark 31, 331. Oh, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, here we go. Jesus, his mother and his brothers came to see him. His mother, Jesus' mom and his brothers came to see him. Y'all with me? And they stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with him. And there was a crowd sitting around Jesus. And someone said, hey, man, your mom and your brothers are outside. They're asking for you. And Jesus said, well, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And I just got to tell you, (laughs) my mama, who's at home watching right now. I love you, mom. You're the best heart. She'd have whooped my butt in that statement, you know what I mean? But what Jesus is trying to say is, um, I don't think we understand family. When you were born again, your family has to become bigger than your family. And so I know that like, this is important, the three of us, the eight of us, the 20, I don't know how big your family is. But what he's trying to say is your family is sitting right here. And that's why it's so hard, everyone that just does worship online, is because you're missing the body of Christ, who is called to bear one another's burdens. Let me just ask you, are we with each other? Because we should know what's happening in each other's lives. It shouldn't be a surprise to know you're having a hard time, or you're financially in a difficult season, or you're prosperous, or things are great. But we should share this thing. And so when Jesus says, hey, who, who, tell me again who my mom is and who my brothers are. But he says it this way. 
Then he looked around him and said, look, these are my mothers and brothers. Anyone who does the will, who does God's will is my brother and sister and my mother. And I think it's important, the mother part. And why I hear Jesus saying is my mother, not just brothers and sisters. Because it is important for me, who is still kind of young. I mean, I like to think of myself as young. (laughs) That I still need to have fathers in the faith. I still need to have mentors. John, who was a pillar in the church, still needed a mom. To say, no, you're an idiot. And that's what a real mom will do. Let me just tell you. You still have to have people that you look up to and you still have to have people that you teach. And these are my brothers and my sisters and my mothers. Now, I don't know if you, I I meant to say this, it's in my notes, but Joseph was nowhere to be found. Um, We don't believe that he divorced Mary. We believe that he probably most likely had passed away. Uh, which is weird and ugly and confusing. Uh, But the last time we heard of Joseph, he was back-talking Jesus when he was 12 years old, you know, and so I think Jesus just smited him. And That is not true. I'm joking. This is not accurate. Don't. That's what pastor said. I don't know. I just just think that we err on two ways. We err at not leading our home or leading too aggressively, or being absent from the the family or from the body of Christ. And I don't know where your heir is today, but let me just ask you, are you growing in your family? Are you growing? Because Jesus, from the cross, he said this. He wasn't wasting his words. As he looked down and saw his family His heart was exploding with concern. Are you leading your family, women, men? And are you present in God's family, engaged in conversation and activity? Because I hear Jesus saying, this is my family. And he's not just saying, okay, you're born again, me and you are good. He's saying, no, like this, these are your brothers. Do you know anyone else? We're supposed to have relationship with one another. And while I think that like, if I'm really honest, our church does this better than any church that I know, I'm I'm honest. I still think there's so many of us that are terrified to actually have relationship with someone. Terrified of what if they find out that I'm, I'm not what I'm supposed to be or I'm broken or I'm scared or I don't read my Bible enough or what? I, I don't know of anyone here that's like every, nailing it on every cylinder. And the ones that say that they are are mostly just full of it. And I don't trust them. Because inside all of us, God's calling us to holiness. And that's just something that's going to take a lifetime to figure out how to get to. I'm done. 
This is a culture message, but I heard it from the cross. Jesus loves family. He loves women of honor and character and leadership and vision and discernment. And I think he loves men that lead and lead well and are caretakers and providers and coverings. And I think he's saying that your family must be bigger than your home if you're part of my family. And you're supposed to be a caretaker here. That's how I close. Would y'all bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Hey, I think that there is possibly some people here today right now that you don't know if you're right with God. And that is a terrifying thing that I think you should know should be very sobering. Like, are you in relationship with Christ? Are you right with God? Because if you're, if you're not, man, that, there's nothing else that matters than you surrendered to the direction that God has for you on every moment of your life. If you're here, I, the first thing we want to do is just make sure that you're right with God. If, 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 if you'd say, Pastor, I don't think I am right with God. I, I'm, I'm convicted right now, and I need to make some changes. If that's you, will you just raise your hand right now? I just want to say a quick prayer for you. God bless you. Man, that's awesome. Jesus. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And Lord, we just ask you to forgive us. And cleanse us. And give us your Holy Spirit and teach us how to walk in your ways. Teach us how to do your will. Cleanse us by the blood of Jesus. Amen. If you're here, uh, I have to move forward with this. If you're here and you would say, Quite possibly, Pastor Tim, I, I don't know if I'm leading my home or I don't know if, uh, you know, if there's a, uh, uh, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, if I'm speaking up, if I'm honoring, or um, it, it, just in, in your nuclear home, in your family, if, are you leading the way Christ called you to lead? If you're not, with every head bowed real quick and eyes closed, would you just raise your hand? And Jesus, I, I ask the Holy Spirit to move on these hearts and I ask for vision and clarity even right now for moments and specific clarity on how you would like me to speak up and create moments where you can move in my home. In Jesus' name. Last one, guys. I know that doing a lot here, but um, can you just keep your eyes closed for just a moment? If you're here and, and you're, you're struggling to, to build friends or brothers and sisters or mothers in the house of the Lord or anywhere, it's awful when our best friends are not godly people. I don't think it's supposed to be that way. There's a closeness that he wants us to be knit together. And so, Lord, I'm going to just pray without asking for a show of hands over these people right now, Lord, that you would teach us how to trust, teach us how to forgive, 
Teach us how to lean in on the relationships that matter that you've called us to have and show us where to start. And we'll follow you as you're the Lord. In Jesus' name.